This Advent, we have been looking into the stories of various Christmas carols here at St. Paul's, looking for a way to help us hear the message of faith and grow closer to God. And on Christmas Eve, there was only one song I could choose, right? It was obvious that I needed to choose Silent Night, this song that we sing at the end of every Christmas Eve service, the song most associated with this beautiful and holy moment that we do of holding up candles together against the dark night, Silent Night. Now, the story of Silent Night, or Steely Nacht, as it was first known because it was first written in German, it's a pretty straightforward story, especially compared to some of the convoluted paths and many different contributors that have produced some of the other Christmas carols we have looked at in the last month. We know that the words to the hymn, Silent Night, were written by a guy named Joseph Moore. He was a young priest serving in Austria near where he grew up in Salzburg, and he wrote them in 1816. He wrote the original six stanzas of the poem that we sing now each Christmas, and he lived the life of a really simple parish priest. He died in poverty after giving away what little he had to the poor, so he did not get rich in any way off of creating this beautiful song. Well, when Moore wrote the poem, he was lucky enough to be acquainted with a composer, also an Austrian, named Franz Gruber, not to be confused with Hans Gruber... (laughs) Right? That's the villain in the Die Hard movie. Hans bad, Franz good. Okay, want to make sure we got that. So the legend is that Gruber, directing music at the church, he needed a carol composed at the last minute, and the assistant priest came through with this poem. The, so- the story goes, the song was for Christmas Eve, and it was needed in an emergency because supposedly the organ didn't work because supposedly a mouse had chewed through the bellows. Now, as someone who has had a few Christmas Eve equipment failures over the years, not tonight, that's not happening today, but I've had it happen, I understand how this makes a good story, but actually it's probably closer to the truth that that the organ was fine, (laughs) and they composed the song on purpose for guitar, and they planned to sing it that way all along. The broken organ, somebody probably added that later because they wanted to be dramatic. Well, a preacher never does that, you know, like adds to the story. (laughs) That never happens, but... Well, Silent Night then was first performed on Christmas Eve Mass in 1818 by Moore and Gruber themselves. One sang bass, the other sang tenor, and they were accompanied by guitar. Later, the music was picked up by an organ builder who was traveling in the region and eventually was published in 1838 under the name Triolean Folk Song. And the tune that we sing it to today, it's a little bit of a reworking of the original and the stanzas we sing in a different order than they were first written, but it is still the same song Uh, sung now by congregations all over the world for 200 years. The translation that we sing in English is also a bit of a reworking. The original in German, can you tell us what it literally says, Mark? I'm just kidding. (laughs) He sung sung German beautifully, didn't he? But I don't think he speaks German. No, no. No. Well, in German, originally, the, the, the first verse goes, Silent night, holy night, all are asleep, alone, awake, only the faithful and most holy pair, Gentle boy with curly hair, sleep in heavenly peace. I like the idea of baby Jesus with curly hair. (laughs) I also like the English version that we all know and love, because it is above all a song of peace. All is calm, we say. All is bright. Sleep in heavenly peace. And that's a command to the baby, of course, but it's also an invitation to us when we sing it. We sing this song every year at the close of Christmas Eve worship because above all, it feels like an invitation to peace, and peace is something that we 
deeply want on this day. We live in a world where peace can be hard to come by, don't we? I mean that literally. War continues to rage all around us, which when I think about that, I can only say seems like the stupidest thing in the world. If any of you heard part of the speech that Volodymyr Zelensky gave on Wednesday to the U.S. Congress, you might have heard him say that on Christmas Eve, people in the Ukraine will also light candles, but not because it's pretty. They're going to do it today because they're living without electricity and they need candlelight to see. So Russia's continued assault on the people of Ukraine, it's just continually horrifying. There's no other way to think about it. But that's not the only place in the world where war is raging. We, we continue to be besieged by conflict, civil war, terrorist insurgencies, uh, wars with jug, drug gangs. It just affects every region of the world. And we know that's far from the only kind of violence that surround us, surrounds us. We fail to live in peace with one another in our workplaces, in our public spaces, in our homes. We do harm to one another in our relationships, with our words, with our actions, with our choices. Sometimes it seems like peace is so far away, like the whole world just, just wants to fight with each other. And we get in arguments about the stupidest stuff, don't we? The other day I posted on Facebook that I had decided to quit Twitter which I know is really 2022, to like post on one social media platform that I'm quitting another social media platform. <laughs> anyway, I posted because I wanted to ask my friends to share with me interesting newsletters or substacks or other things that they read regularly online because I figured that I was actually gonna lose a little bit of information by quitting Twitter, just a little, but a little. And when I posted that, no less than three different friends of mine responded on Facebook with comments about why I should not quit Twitter. Instead of answering my question, they wanted to argue with me about why I was wrong. I was like, this is online life at its best. <laughs> They're ignoring what I wanted, what I asked for, and instead telling me why I made a bad decision. And I will tell you, I did not have peace in my heart at them, toward them at that moment. Now that's trivial, but it's the kind of unpeaceful moments that invade our lives every single day. And when we take stock of it, it can seem like it must be the normal and the natural way for human beings to be, to live in conflict, to live without peace. And yet, and yet we have the scriptures. We have this gift called the Bible that tells us what God thinks about the world and it tells us about God's interactions with human beings and what God's desires are for all of creation. And do you know what is chief among those, those desires of God for the world? God wants peace. God wants peace. At every single level of our lives, God's desire is for peace. Peace in our hearts. Peace in our relationships, peace in our homes, peace in our families, peace in our workplaces, peace in our public spaces, peace in our countries, peace across this whole created world. God's vision for us and for our lives is one of peace. Now, there are a hundred places we could turn to in the Bible to see this truth, including our most holy story for tonight, Luke chapter 2, and the story of Jesus' birth. The angels, they declared it from the moment that Jesus was born. They came to those shepherds who were hanging out with their sheep in the fields around Bethlehem, and they said, don't be afraid. 
We're bringing good news, wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your Savior is born today in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. This is the sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. And then suddenly there was this whole assembly of heavenly forces with the angel praising God. And what did they say? What did they say? Glory to God on heaven and on earth. Peace. Peace among those whom he favors. Or is it sometimes translated peace to those among God's goodwill? What the angels are saying is that peace is a gift to those who live in connection with God. Peace is given to those who find favor with God. Peace is a gift that God gives to the people that God loves. Peace is a gift that God gives at Christmas. God's gift of peace is ours tonight if we will just reach out and take it. Now I want to say, of course, that that embracing the peace of God, it doesn't mean that we set aside justice in order to not fight. Okay? God's peace is shalom. And that's a concept in Hebrew that means wholeness and health, as well as no conflict. So, so God doesn't want someone who's being abused to just continue to suffer in that abuse in order to keep peace. That's not God's kind of peace. God's peace includes freedom and justice and wholeness for everyone. And though that kind of peace can sometimes seem impossible, our faith tells us it is possible. That shalom, this peace that God gives, it is a sign of God's love. The peace that God gives is a gift to us, not something we earn, not something we deserve. It's part of the package of grace that God wants to give to God's people. We don't create peace. We open our hearts to it and we receive it as a blessing and a gift from God. Peace is a gift that God gives, especially in the person of Jesus. Part of his way, it is part of his way to bring peace to the earth. Now Jesus himself, he showed this in his life on earth, that he was here to bring peace. Remember he said, blessed are the peacemakers. He said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let them be afraid. If we read the gospel stories, we will find there a Jesus, a Savior who lived and taught and gave us a way of peace. I know that at times peace can seem nearly impossible, but I believe that it's not, that war and conflict are not inevitable. We have the ability to receive the peace of God, and God has the power to bring peace, even in places that that surprise us. There's this story. It's a true story. A story that includes Christmas, and it includes our song for today, Silent Night, and it reminds us of the unexpected power of peace. It comes from 1914 and the first year of World War I. We don't hear too much about that war anymore, but it was beyond terrible. Right? 15 million people were killed in combat, another 10 million wounded in just four years, and really there was no apparent purpose, no real gain for the world. World War I included trench warfare, it included chemical warfare, it was a terrible war, but on the first Christmas of that war, something completely unexpected and completely holy happened. There was a truce. All along the Western Front, in the trenches in France and Flanders, soldiers stopped shooting. Their officers didn't command it. The headquarters of either side did not approve it. The soldiers just stopped shooting on Christmas Eve. And then something even better happened. They started singing 
they started singing Christmas carols. So imagine being a British soldier dug into your trench on Christmas Eve and sometime in the evening the guns just fall silent and then across the battlefield you hear wafting through the cold air a German soldier singing Steely Nacht. Soon the British soldiers began to sing too Silent Night, Holy Night, All is Calm, All is Bright. After they sang together, someone was brave enough to step up out of the trench and risk his life by walking across no man's land toward the other side. Soldiers started exchanging small gifts, a glass of whiskey or a cigar. Now, the truce wasn't universal up and down the lines, but in so many places, soldiers laid down their weapons and for a moment saw one another as human beings, not enemies. Thousands of men reach out to shake hands and share treats instead of killing one another. Reports are that in some places a soccer ball was produced. And the men spent the hours of Christmas Day playing impromptu matches on the battlefield. Apparently the Germans won, score three to two. Not sure if that's completely true. That's what the record says. At dusk, the men returned to their trenches and they preserved the peace until midnight. In some places singing songs to one another again. Sadly, as Christmas Day ended, the war began again. Now, it's a remarkable story. A moment in time that the soldiers involved never forgot for the rest of their lives. It was a Christmas truce started by a song. I can't think of a more perfect way to celebrate baby Jesus than to stop war in order to sing praise to God. It's a remarkable story that reminds us that peace can break out in even the most difficult and unexpected of places. We can open our hearts to peace at any time, at any place. We can open our hearts to the gift of God's peace right now. What I want to invite you to do today is pray for peace with me. Pray for peace this Christmas. Now, This might be a really personal prayer for you today. There might be someone with whom you are in deep conflict and you want to ask God to show you the way of peace and the relationship. You might have a situation that's causing you anxiety and stress and you want to ask today for God's help, for peace in your heart, and you want to ask God to send you people around you who can help you find peace in the midst of your struggle. You might have a situation in your family for which you want to ask for the gift of peace. Join me in praying for peace within our hearts and within our homes, but also join me for praying for peace in the homes of our neighbors, that vulnerable children will find safety, that the unhoused will find shelter, that those pushed to the margins or left out or bullied will find friends and protection. Join me in praying for peace in our communities that will stop screaming past each other and actually stop to listen. Join me in praying for peace in our world that the people of Ukraine and Syria and Somalia and all the other beautiful places ravaged by war will find peace. Pray with me. Pray with me today for God's peace to break open upon this world in our hearts, especially on this silent night, this holy night, that our hearts will be open to the gift that God gives and in honor of the birth of the Prince of Peace, we will follow his way of peace in the world. Amen.